Summer League is over and everybody fell in love with some of these young guys. And I'm saying trade them all if you have to. I'll explain why. Plus, we'll dip into the mailbag right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, gapping up the truth on the sideline. Raining Jays, how it started, raising banners, how we finished. Locked on Celtics, pod, home of the winners. B. Welcome back to the Locked On Celtics podcast. Thank you so much for making this show part of your daily routine. This show is available Monday through Friday, and I'm here with a fresh free podcast for you every one of those days right here, wherever you get your podcast, whatever app you use, it's there for you every day. It's on YouTube as well. You can get the show on YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you want to get the show and comment on YouTube, all of that stuff, all that good stuff that we always ask you to do. All of us podcasters are always dying for you to do. I'm John Corrales. I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called the Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars, and I was one of the media voters for the Celtics 75th anniversary team. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. So later on, I'll dip into the mailbag a little bit. It's usually a mailbag Monday here in the offseason. But uh, with Summer League ending, I, I kind of wanted to get into some of the last the last tidbits of Summer League before, uh, you know, before moving on to the rest of the offseason where the Celtics are still looking to add a big man. They're still looking to add, add other players. So uh, there's there's still work to be done here for the Celtics. So we'll be very curious to see what happens there. But let's just start with that last regular season game. Regular season game. Jeez, John. You know what? I'm going to leave that in there. Uh, the last summer league game, which people seem to be treating like a regular season game because Johan Begaron or Begarin or however, I'm just very confused as to how to pronounce his name. But uh, he had a big game and probably had like a couple of the, his best games since joining the Celtics. Uh, really, in, in, in the, the last, like he finished summer league strong. Uh, J.D. Davison finished strong. Uh, uh, Fiondu uh, Cabangeli finished strong, strong enough where he was signed to a two-way contract, which let's just start there. This, that's a little bit of a surprising contract to me because – I thought, first of all, I, I want to, I tend to skew wing when it comes to that type of player, which is why I was pushing so hard for Matt Ryan, uh, because I think a, um, a wing player who can shoot that needs work on his defense can be developed. But that's something that's really, uh, I think, what the G League is for, that developmental league is for it used to be called the D league because it was the developmental league. Now, now it's the G league because they sold a sponsorship to Gatorade, but the, uh, a, a guy like Matt Ryan who can shoot, who has a quick trigger off the dribble. Uh, I obviously Tom Westerholm and I have talked about him at length. I, I, I like him. I wanted to keep him on that two way deal. 
And you look at summer league and you say, all right, I mean, uh, the G league and, and you say, okay, here, here's a guy that you, you go in there and you, you get him to learn defensive principles on the fly in game situations this is a perfect place to develop a guy like him. So that's why I was, I was on board with him. Now, Cabin Gelly gets the two-way spot. He's a, he's a big guy and obviously very promising, good results in summer league. I do think that some of the results were, and, and I know people were referencing this on Twitter. He was working very hard. Everybody in summer league, generally speaking, works pretty hard. So um, it's not that he was working hard and other people weren't. It's that he was working hard and taking advantage of, I think, a lot of mistakes that other other the other team was making. So I do think that some of the opportunities that presented themselves made it so he succeeded and looked really, really good. Does that take away from his talent? No, he, you still have to have some level of talent to do what he did. And, and the Celtics decided that they wanted to go with a big guy, maybe maybe because Al Horford is, is close to uh, the end of his career, however that's going to go. This next season is the last year of his contract. Will they keep him beyond that? Who knows? That's a discussion for much, much later. But maybe the Celtics thought, hey, we, we're going to need a big guy. We've got Robert Williams. If you have another guy with a similar skill set, then you have 48 minutes of somewhat similar skills. Who knows? So they decided to keep Kevin Gelly, and now he and J.D. Davison are the Celtics' two two-way players. I'm not going to make a big stink out of it. I, I obviously, like I just said, I would have gone a different direction, and I'm not sure what Kevin Gelly is going to develop into. Not sure what any of these two-way guys are going to develop into. But he had a good enough summer where the Celtics said, you know what, we're going we're gonna to give this guy a shot. We're going to see what he can do at this next level. The good thing about a two-way contract is you get – and this thing has evolved over a while used to be, you get uh, like 30 or 20 something uh, days with the team. It was, it was very much a, a, uh, a, a bigger G league contract. It was the G league contract with like uh, some guaranteed call-ups in the, I, I looked up the original uh, pay scale for these guys on the two way was like 80, some 80,000 was supposed to be 80,000 this year. Now it's 500,000. So this whole tool has evolved. And I think guys are much more willing to accept these two way deals because first of all, 500,000 is, is what some of these guys might make overseas as maybe role players there. So it, it kind of competes with, the, hey, versus stay here and, and, and work with us versus going overseas, uh, that's something that uh, is helpful for teams wanting to keep these G League guys. So, and, and he, now he can play 50 games. So th there's going to be a real opportunity for Davison. There's going to be a real opportunity for Cabangeli to get in some NBA minutes, some real NBA playing time. I mean, maybe it's just garbage time, but get some real looks. Uh, and who knows? Who knows how, how this season is going to go? Maybe the Celtics actually 
do dip their toe into some of these guys uh, getting some NBA minutes just just in an effort to keep the other minutes down. So I think Kevin Gelly is a two-way player. Look, if that's what the Celtics, the direction the Celtics want to go, uh, I'm going to admit that Brad Stevens is probably a little smarter than I am when it comes to basketball. So he and the NBA Celtics front office that just built a team that went to the finals probably has a better handle on what they're seeing than I do. So I'll just kind of roll with what they what they see, even though I might have gone a different direction. So that's that's it is what it is. We'll see how they go from there. Uh, I uh, also, I'm very curious. Like I think Davison, everybody in summer league benefits from the other team kind of sucking. So Davison benefits how a lot more transition opportunities. He was really, really good in transition half court. You, know, you run some pick and rolls. If you can make one read on a pick and roll in summer league, you're probably going to get an assist. You could just make that initial read, then you don't have to go any deeper than that. Somebody's going to be open. So Davison, to his credit, did a lot of that stuff. Got out into transition, threw a ton of lobs, got a ton of assists, uh, looked really, really good. And now I'm looking forward to seeing Davison. I kind of want to see Davison out there kind of point guarding in an actual, at least preseason setting. Let's see what he looks like out there with other teams kind of not best. I don't expect them to run a lot with the starters or anything, but I wouldn't like, I wouldn't mind seeing him out there trying to be the point guard next to Tatum and Brown. And you know, let's, let's see what the kid can do. Let's see how advanced he can really be. So he was impressive. And I think he certainly has a chance to, to prove himself. And I think preseason is going to be very interested. I suddenly, my level of excitement after summer league was about, Hey, let's get into the preseason now, because now I'm like, yeah, I want to see, I want to see what this kid can do. Let's, let's turn up the, the heat a little bit and let's see what he can do here. Uh, I, I really think that Davison could be a guy who lottery potential screwed up his freshman year and dropped and, and didn't handle all of that stuff well. And we've talked about this. I've talked about this. I've talked about it with Tom. I've talked about it about myself. The choices that he's making here, how he approaches the rest of his career, the beginning of his career, if he takes that slight, that drop to the second round and uses it as motivation and doesn't, doesn't have a, too much of a, a, a cocky attitude, about it, which he does not seem to at all. Uh, if he feels like, okay, I got to prove something here, and he really goes out and tries to prove it, then I, I think he has the real potential to be one of those second-round steals. Now, to what level second-round steal? Is he going to become a contributor? Is he going to become a starter? Is he going to become an all-star? Who knows? Who knows if he even makes it? That's the beauty of J.D. Davison. Could be, a you know, hey, that was a nice summer league. We've seen guys do well in summer league, and he never translates to the NBA. Or he could be a guy who's like, hey, in a few years when Marcus Smart ages out and Derek White ages out and you're looking for the next guy, he's your guy. Could That could very possibly be true. But as I said before, 
I'm willing to trade him. I'm willing to trade Yuhan Begaron. I'm willing to trade any of these guys if you have to. I'm going to tell you why when I come back. First, I got to talk to you about Bet Online, your number one source for all of your betting needs, all of your sports info, tons of opportunities. I mean, it's sports. So there's tons of opportunities to go out there and bet. You could have bet on Summer League. You could have bet on the, you know, the, the Celtics actually lost that game. So <laughs> that's how much Summer League matters. I forgot to tell you that they lost that game, uh, which was funny because they went and played, they they played Brooklyn. So they they in Summer League went through every uh, every team that they face in the playoffs. But you could have bet on that. You could bet on the, the, the British Open was a, was a wild British Open. You could have bet on that, which who knows how that worked out. Somebody probably made a bunch of money on that. So you can go on to uh, betonline.net. It's your best spot for all of your scores, podcasts, news, and all of the things, all the other things you can bet on. MMA, boxing, tennis, it's all out there. Major League Baseball, obviously. Uh, they're heading into the All-Star break. You can probably bet on the Home Run Derby if you'd like. Head on over to the website today. You can use your mobile device. You can learn about all the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. Please gamble responsibly. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. You can make a Locked On NBA your second listen, Locked On NBA. Rotating hosts all week long, every day. It's a different group, a different uh, duo. On Wednesdays, I'm one of the duo, along with Jake Madison of Locked On Pelican. So if you want my NBA thoughts, they uh, they exist on Wednesdays on Locked On NBA. Which you can get wherever you get your wherever you found this podcast, you can get uh, that one. So I, I said before, I've said before, uh, at the at the top, I've said I've written on Boston Sports Journal. I think one of the one of the standouts in in the the summer league was Yuhan Begaron, who was promising and and showed uh, a. a an improved shooting touch, or at least a confident shooting touch, probably too small of a sample size to say whether it's he's figured anything out or not. But it's it was a uh, it was certainly a nice thing to see. The beginning of summer league, he was missing the rim by like six inches. I mean, really, just way way off. Then in the middle of summer league, I forget what game it was, but. All of a sudden, he hits a shot, gets a you know gets to the rim, and he's like, "Oh, okay, okay," and he starts to feel like, "Okay, I belong here." And the shot, the shot started falling, and he looked really good. He definitely looked really good. So, I said before the break, I'm willing to trade Davis, and I'm willing to trade everybody. Now, Davison, I'm very intrigued about, so I'm not. I'm, I think the price is higher for him. Begaron, I think, is is actually he's played himself into potentially a trade chip that the Celtics can use. And I tweeted it out this way. I'll, I'll preface everything here by saying I know people are probably going to look at, you know, if you if you watched any of that summer league, you're probably listening to me or you probably read my tweet or read what I wrote on Boston Sports Journal and said, what are you nuts? Didn't you just see what we all saw? I'm like, yeah, I see. I saw everything. The kid's 19 years old. He's a super talented, um, you know, as athletically gifted. He he's he's certainly an intriguing possibility. And I'm not sitting there saying, "Hey, let's shop the guy and see what we can get for him." What I'm saying is, 
This is a Celtics team with championship aspirations. This is a Celtics team that wants to win now. This is a win-now situation. The way I compared it on Boston Sports Journal was uh, championship teams are like butterflies. They start out gross like these slimy little caterpillars. They're crawling. You know, they, they shed <laughs> they shed their skin like these shed players. Um, and then after a while, if everything goes well, they emerge as these big, beautiful butterflies, these big, beautiful championship teams. And this is where the Celtics are now. This is a Celtic. This is a championship contender. The crawling is done. No more time to crawl here. This is time to fly. And I can appreciate that Begaron has talent and potential. The Celtics aren't looking for talent and potential right now. They are looking for established talent right now. And if all of a sudden, Begaron with his performance in Summer League, if all of a sudden a rival GM watches him play and says, huh, hey, let me call Brad and see what, what they're thinking about this kid. Because that's how these things start. I'm the rival GM. I'm GM of, you know, some whatever team, Pacers or whatever team that's had, you know, Orlando that's building these young, this young team trying to acquire as much young talent as possible. You say, hey, Brad, uh, just, just saw this Yuhan kid. He looked good. You know, what, what do you, what's your long-term plan on him? What, what are you thinking there? Um, and, and you start the conversation. And if, if there ends up being a piece, I don't know, is Utah selling is Phoenix? What's Phoenix doing? What's what, you know, look at, look across the league. Uh, who has potential talent that is going to move that will be looking for young talent who has that out there. And that team says, yeah, you know what? I saw this Yuhan kid play. I, I like his potential. I, I think that could, that could really work. Hey, we've got this guy that is too expensive for us. Now he's not, it doesn't fit our timeline anymore. Very Malcolm Brogdon ish. Well, you know, you've got, he fits into your TPE which expires, by the way, today. Oh, my God, it's the 18th. Monday's the 18th. This is the last day of the TPE. Ah! Oh, I wonder if that's going to actually mean that they do something. Hmm. I probably should have thought of that before I started podcasting. It's possible that they make a move on Monday. Uh, this is the last day of their TPE. So of the big, the Fournier one. But you can say, hey, he fits into one of these other ones. They have the Wancho Hernan Gomez TPE, they have the Dennis Schroeder TPE, both somewhere around $6 million or so. And if if Begaron has has played his way into, yeah, we'll take, we'll give you this player and you give us the rights to, to Begaron. We've got the time, we've got the space, on our, you know, we can bring him over, we can start the clock on him now, we can start developing him now, like, let's do it. That's a absolutely you do that deal. Absolutely you do that deal because the Celtics are in a spot where you don't you don't have the room, you don't have the time to develop him. He has to be stashed overseas. He has to be because you've already given two of your two ways. The, the your two two ways, Davison and Cabangeli are your two two ways now. That's done. 
You don't have another two-way spot. Sam Hauser is your young, promising guy that you've given the guaranteed contract to. They've, they've only got a couple of spots left when you save one of those spots for the big man that they are yet to, yet to acquire, but have said flat out, we will be getting a big guy. You only have a couple of spots left. You're not going to give those couple of spots to, you know, one of those spots to Begaron because he's 19 years old. He's unproven. Even if you give him the minimum and you say, hey, here's a, you know, a three-year deal that is mostly not guaranteed. Well, first of all, you've, you've now started the clock on him. So his eventually will be a restricted free agent and all of that stuff. But you're also paying the tax. You're paying more on top of that to bring the guy in and that doesn't, it doesn't help you at all. Why are you going to spend that money on him when you could say, Hey, work on this, work on that in France, work on these elements. You know, they do the zooms with him. They show him the video. They coach him up from Boston. So take this opportunity while he's getting paid by somebody else to develop him. So that, and, and, and if, if some other team says, hey, we'll do this, we'll, we'll accelerate the timeline, he's going to be very happy and we'll be happy to do it, then you get the win now piece. This is all about the next five years or so are about getting as many win now pieces as you can. And if it means you lose some of these promising guys along the way, then so be it because the whole point is winning a championship. Now I'm, I'm not worried about, Hey, Yuhan could be this contributor in 2025. You never know. It could be an important role player. Well, I don't care. I don't really don't give a damn about an important role player in 2025. I give a damn as the Celtics about winning a championship in 2023. You just went toe-to-toe with Golden State. You were up 2-1. So you have this opportunity to go out and get win-now guys. You have this opportunity to cash in a chip that you didn't have before. And if, 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 if another team wants him and is willing to accept him and you don't have to give up another first round pick down the road. And if you make that first round pick and you develop that guy or you, or it's another trade you can make, and this is now two trades you can make instead of one, you do it, you do it. And you just keep adding the win now pieces. Brogdon's around for a few more years. Gallinari, who knows, a year, two at the most. Then in a couple of years, you're going to add more win-now guys. You're going to take advantage of this now because we don't know what's going to happen the year after that. We don't know. We don't know if Jalen Brown is going to stick around. And if Jalen Brown wins a championship or two with Boston, is he going to be more likely or less likely to leave? Is he going to want to leave that situation or is he going to want to say, Hey, I'm, I want to be the number one guy somewhere. I don't know. 
I really don't know. Between now and two years from now, he could be feeling one way now in a completely different way then. But if you have an opportunity to win a championship now and, and you make a move that can help you get closer to that championship, you do it now. And you don't worry about this kid, what he might become. You worry about what your team is right now and you get that team to the finals again. Get that ring, get that banner if you can now. And if Jalen decides to stick around, great. Your window's open longer. If he decides he wants to leave, then you adjust. But if you get a title or two before that, if you can, then then it's all worth it. Then it's all gravy and you figure out, okay, how do you adjust? How do you adjust? So I just think if this was two years ago, I'll wrap this segment up by saying, if this was two years ago, I'd be singing a different tune because those guys would have been younger. And I think that, you know, the situation's different. And, and at the end of this run, when Tatum and Brown, assuming both of these guys are still around at that point are pushing 30, 31, someone like that. And then you start worrying about the young guys again. Then you start developing talent. You start looking for, the next thing, because you just, now you're, now you're at the end of that lifespan of your championship team. And you got to start thinking about either you're expensive and you need young guys on those contracts to, to contribute as rookies or second or third year players, or you're saying, Hey, well, this is the end where we're, you know, Tatum is, is getting older. Brown is getting older. All of these guys are like a lot of guys are aging out and it's time to start looking at the potential of, you know, are you the team that has run its course? You've won a couple of titles. I don't know if we're going to be optimistic two or three and you, and you know, you say, okay, well, we're, we're right at the edge. We've, we've stopped competing. We've gone from a first seed to a fourth seed and now now we're fighting for a fifth seed. And now it's, you know, you know that lifespan. It's like the Celtics were before they traded Pierce and Garnett. At some point, that's going to come up where that conversation, if I'm still around doing this podcast, we'll have that conversation then, you know, six years from now saying, or eight years from now, whatever the number is, probably closer to eight. But point is, you have that conversation of, all right, well, these guys are starting to get older. And if they're not really competing for championships anymore, if they're just kind of good, but not, not championship worthy time to start looking at cashing these guys in now in, and saying, all right, team X, maybe the Sacramento Kings are one player away and they need a Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum. And you get a bunch of picks and bunch of, bunch of young players and you try to do the Brooklyn thing all over again, but that's a conversation for then. That's when you worry about young guys again for now cash in whatever chips you need not just giving them away but cash in the chips appropriately to get win now talent let's take a second i need a drink of water so i'm going to get that and come back i'll answer a few of your questions and wrap up the show that way be right back on the lockdown Celtics podcast all right let's wrap up the show with a couple of mailbag questions just to uh, people have been sending in questions via johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Or if you go to johncorrales.com, you'll see the mailbag link at the top right. So 
people send in the questions. I try to get to as many as I can. Off season is great for mailbags. So keep sending them in. I will get to as many as I can. Like I said, uh, a few now, and then some more later on in the week. So let's start with Jason, who simply, I like these clarification questions. Are there any restrictions on two-way players being signed by another team? I.e., do the Celtics have an opportunity to match the offer? The, no other team can come in and, and sign or offer a contract to the two-way guys. That's not how the two-way contract works. Now, obviously, the Celtics drafted J.D. Davison. He, they have his rights, so you can't sign that guy anyway. But a guy like Cabin Gelly, who uh, was basically a free agent and then signed a two-way deal, that is – he is a member of the Celtics – He's just restricted. Like he can't play in the playoffs. He can't play more than 50 games. Like he, he is there. There are rules to how much he can play as far as how many games and all that stuff. But the heat can't come in and be like, Oh wow, you're having a great season. We want to sign you away. Now, if they invite, I don't know, Trevion Williams from summer league to camp, cut him. They do the exhibit 10 contract. Uh, if you if you hear that term, it allows the, the Celtics to cut a player and then have first crack at signing that player to a, a G League deal. At that point, if Trevion Williams is, say, killing it in Maine, if that's how it goes, at that point, yeah, another team can come in and say, we want to sign you. And they, and they can. And the Celtics can't match the offer. They that that player gets a guaranteed contract or a 10 day contract. And, and then once the 10 day contract is over, then they can go back and sign another G League deal with the Celtics. If, if the Celtics are, uh, you know, feel like doing that. But two way players are they, they belong to the Celtics. Steve says lifelong Celtics fan in L.A. Ooh, behind enemy lines. Uh, Celtics had a six and six record at home in the playoffs, eight and four record on the road. Given this and the need to rest Al and Rob for the playoffs, do you think the Celtics will care at all about playoff seating next year? Well, Steve, the, the number one priority is always health. So if they are in a situation where they can rest anybody, Rob, Al, anybody, and get that player healthy for a first-round series, but it costs them seeding, I think they will give that up for the chance to rest these guys. Now, I'm sure the Celtics also hope that they're the number one or the number two seed, and what they're not fighting for is a four five matchup where it's an evenly matched thing. And they're trying to trying to get home court. And of course this was six and six record at home this past season in the playoffs that has, that really does not carry over at all. Not one iota to next season because it's different players, different. I mean, so much is different, different coaching from Ime Udoka lessons learned, right? Uh, a different situation where uh, who knows what COVID restrictions there are. Maybe, maybe they don't, they don't test for that anymore. I don't know what happens there, but health, so many things that change what the Celtics uh, 
are capable of in the playoffs. So I don't think that's that's going to carry over at all. But as far as seeding goes, seeding is is not as important as health. But if there's a very obvious easy path or easier path being a certain seed, the two seed, let's say, versus being the one seed. I know the Celtics made a, a big deal about saying we don't duck anybody this past season. I'm sure they will change their tune next year if the opportunity presents itself to, hey, we're going to rest Al, we're going to rest Jason, we're going to rest Marcus Smart with a nagging injury or something, get these guys right for the playoffs. And, oh, no, we fell into a more advantageous spot being the two seed because, I don't know, the seven seed has a star player who's hurt or something. Like that, if that's the way it goes, then they'll, they will gladly maneuver no matter how much talking they did last this past playoff run about we don't duck anybody. So that that's going to be that's going to be the case. Uh Adam from Perth, Australia, love all my Aussie listeners. Thank you so much. Says a hey, uh, backup big. What about Thon Maker? Absolutely dominant for Australia in the FIBA Asian Cup so far. He's even developed a nice outside shot. Also, he says he's devastated Aaron Baines is not coming to the seas. Hey, I would have liked to see Aaron Baines come back too. Thon Maker, you know, I'll be honest with you, I have not watched any of the FIBA Asian Cup. I have not seen his his outside shot develop. I in, instinctively will skew no on Thon Maker, but I will admit that it's possible that he's that he's developed something that could make him uh, maybe possible. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rule him out. I really. I'm not going to say no necessarily, although I lean no. Every time I hear Thon Maker, I just think of KG saying that this dude was going to be an MVP candidate. That's that's one of the all-time funniest things. I mean, I know we're all wrong. Like I have, I'm sure we can go back and, and probably pull from this past season 10 things that are probably worse, but it's just funny for KG to say that. It just kind of sticks out. Uh, Kevin. How about the Celtics bring Al Horford on as a player coach when his current contract expires with a plan to move him into a coaching role full-time later? That's up to Al. First of all, you can't be a player coach. I mean, you could do the Udonis Haslam thing and keep signing him to minimum contracts and keep him around as a player. If he's into that, sure. But I don't think Al Horford wants to be a coach. I've never talked to him about it. I've never asked him about it. But I'm just deducing that by – I think he is a big family, like family-oriented guy. I think once his playing days are over, he's probably going to want to make sure he maximizes that. And I don't think he's like, – I wouldn't be surprised if Al goes the Hakeem Olajuwon route or the you know Tracy McGrady route or something like that where he – coaches guys individually and maybe gets paid to do that. Maybe guys seek him out and say, Hey, I'd love to hear Al. I I need to be a better post defender. I need to be a better, uh, I need to recognize things better. And I'm going to go to Al Horford and pay him X amount of dollars per hour to coach me. I can see that happening, but player coaches are no longer legal. You can't have a player coach. Uh, I would be surprised if Horford wanted to get into 
playing full time. Um, I'm sorry, coaching full time. All right. That'll be enough for the mailbag. I've got a few more questions here that I'll save for later in the week. And in the meantime, you can still send them in johncorrales.com slash mailbag. Do that. Uh, I will get uh, Keith Smith on this week to kind of reset and, and look at where the Celtics sit right now with their tools in their tool bag. Uh, once the TPE expires again, it's July 18th. This is when this, when it expires. So if the Celtics do make a move on Monday, I'll have something more to talk about. And, uh, but more questions later on in the week. So you can email me at johncorrales.com slash mailbag. And of course you can, that means you can subscribe. And whenever I do it, get to the mailbag, you can uh, hear the answer. So subscribe to make sure you get this podcast dropped right into your device. It's free. It's daily Monday through Friday. You can watch it on YouTube. If you watch it on YouTube, make sure you hit that bell to get notified. And of course, uh, comments and, and like the shows that really helps the algorithm. And that's the name of the game right now. I've got to feed that algorithm. Uh, and sharing the podcast is also very, very helpful. Tell your friends, tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network.